Welcome to episode number 182 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on October the 30th, 2022. My name is Eric, host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and of course, computer geek. Uh, as, a first, as a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services and started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And I'm Jeff. I am based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. And I'm Brad. I'm in central, eastern Ontario. I consider myself a part-time amateur prepper since about 98, constantly trying to better myself. I'm Greg. I'm in southeast Georgia, former U.S. Army infantryman, uh, avid prepper, and whiskey enthusiast. Uh, I'm Scott, a first responder from Ontario. I worry about our fragile infrastructure, and I like learning things. My name's Pierre. I'm a tactical beard owner, t-shirt designer, hater of government, and a part-time prepper. Hey, you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? You can buy some swag. Uh, we've got the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro patch, both available at prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. We also want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's a topic you want us to cover, uh, email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some encrypting content for you in this episode. <laughs> First, we're going to start off with some recent news articles. Yeah, I know, terrible. Uh, we're going to update our personal preps and what we've done uh, recently, and then we're going to get into the main topic, and we're talking cybersecurity tonight. So let's move into the news. So I've got an article here. Yes, it's from the Toronto Star, Boo, Hiss, all that good stuff. Uh, but uh, it does talk about a cybersecurity center that's warning of evolving ransomware tactics and state-sponsored threats. So it uh, gets into things uh, such as state-sponsored attacks on infrastructure, uh, denial of service attacks that happen well, said uh, infrastructure attacks are occurring, and also denial of service um, while they're waiting for ransom to be paid for encrypted data and all that fun, nasty stuff we're going to get talking about later. So um, decently written article and just talks about some stuff to be uh, be on the lookout for as far as cybersecurity goes. So, so since I live in a province, do I have to worry about anything state-sponsored? Yep, you do. Okay. We'll get into the state-sponsored later. Oh, uh, well, thanks. That doesn't help. You're welcome. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't let me forget. Remind me if I don't get to it. I will. Or just blame Greg. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, here for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple articles, um, both kind of to do with supply chains and whatever. So I don't think this would be a surprise to anybody. I. Kind of was surprised it actually took this long, but Russia has backed out of the deal to allow Ukraine to ship its grain out of the country. Uh, they are, of course, blaming Ukraine for an attack in Crimea and saying that um, they're not holding up their end of the deal. Yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, at, they were able to get, I believe it was 8 million tons of grain and other uh, items out of there, but Obviously, there's still a lot left there, so we'll have to just see how that plays out in the next few days. 
but one uh, kind of more important, I think, is uh, there was a, I believe it was back in September, that the uh, United States, the railroad, all the railroad companies in the United States, the employees were looking at a big strike and they were able to avert it. And now it may possibly be back on. Um, there were 12 unions involved in the negotiations. Uh, presently, six of the unions have ratified the deal. Two of them have turned it down. And the other four are voting now. And it looks like it's going to be a 50-50 split. So it's going to be eight unions, four, and four against. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Um, I mean, Congress under the, the Railway Labor Act, Congress has the ability to impose a resolution or order the trains to operate. Um, they say they're going to go back and try and negotiate. I think one of the big sticking points, at least for the union that just turned it down, was uh, paid sick days. So we'll see where that goes. But the earliest they can strike is the 19th of November. So... I don't know. I, I personally could see if, if they do strike and nobody crosses the line that I don't think it will take long for the government to, uh, whether we agree with it or not, to step in and say this is this is going to be such a significant uh, hit on supply chain and everything else and people's ability to get food and fuel and anything else that they'll just uh, they'll just force them back and we'll have to see what happens from there. Because supply chain issues aren't already bad enough. Yeah, it's exactly. not like, you know, they weren't looking for a job when they found that one. So it's like, they're like, oh, you got to go back to work. And they're like, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> always nope. so been my thing. Like, if I don't like working here, I was looking for a job when I found this one. It's not like we don't have an entire country filled with job openings right now. Unfortunately, not yeah. a lot of people want to fill them. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, that's part it, of the problem is finding people that actually want to work. But if I get more money from the government, oh, sorry, this is for tomorrow's show. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, not getting into that tonight. But Pierre, you are right. It's shocking. It's shocking that if I can make just as much money minus the gas, having to pay my lunch and this, that, and dealing with people, staying at home compared to having to travel 45 minutes, half hour, 15 minutes into work, dealing with people all day, you know, get treated like crap depending on the scenario because some people are assholes and think that the person standing right in front of them is the cause of the whole heartache of everything. And then me have to drive home through traffic, right? If I can make just as much not doing anything, I mean, I get bored real fast, like, I was off for a month of work and I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like the first like week, week and a half, like I sat there, Mel went for surgery. So I'm like, what do you need, babe? You know, you need more ice for the ice machine. She had knee surgery, like food was done. Groceries or laundry was done and everything. But like, I just sat down and like did nothing. Then like we ended up like dishes. We painted the whole upstairs. <laughs> we bought new shelves, like a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Cause I was off for so long and I was like, I am, board and her surgeon said you need to get out and i was like we're going to home depot because we're doing stuff around the house I'm <laughs> <for like two laughs> weeks. right like it's it, so you know but like you know I, I i don't understand how some people are like perfectly fine like just uh, yeah 
Well, I think a lot of it nowadays is that, you know, we, we've gotten so used to working for all these major companies and everything and basically settling. Well, I mean, anybody who has ever heard of Gary V at all, he's a guy out in uh, New York. I mean, he literally made his first million by garage sailing. And now a lot of people are, you know, they're realizing, you know, collectibles, like they're learning more about economics and, and flipping items. And you can take, you know, a hundred dollars. And there was one story of a guy actually with a hundred dollars, him and his wife started garage sailing. And in like two, three months, they'd made like $25,000. Wild. Now, when you say garage sale, like going and getting something at a garage sale for $2 and turning it around and selling it for $20. Yeah, they'll sell it on eBay. So there's a there's a thing on your phone now, the whole uh, the Google search with an image. A yep. lot of people are utilizing that uh, on identifying vintage car parts, um, coffee mugs that are, you know, yeah, it's a, a 25 cent coffee mug, but somebody somewhere probably had that coffee mug, you know, when their grandma was on their deathbed, it got broken and, you know, now it's sentimental. So they mm-hmm. paid, you know, 10, 15, $20 for a coffee mug. Now you've got, I'm not doing that math uh, <laughs> of a profit. Okay. That's a big enough, a yep. big enough profit to, to be like, I'm going back and getting the other 12 coffee mugs, you know? Um, I, I, I stand by my statement on the state, uh, what was it? The episode we had about whatever, where I sat, I was like, you never know the quality nipple clamps. DM Davey's got a good uh, comment here in the live chat. It says if unemployment pays more than a salary, the problem is, isn't with unemployment. Good point. I mean, I could I could definitely touch base on that. Um, I could say some things that would have the liberals <laughs> telling me that I'm I'm heartless and I don't care about people. And <laughs> instead, well, how about we move along the Scott with the yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, so there's a bit of a shortage going on, uh, especially in. Amoxicillin, uh, a common antibiotic. Oh dear, have I gone all garbly yeah. again? Yeah, uh, yep. Sounds like there's a shortage on internet service at your location. <laughs> yes, yes. Apparently, I've been hacked by a foreign uh, state-sponsored. State-sponsored. <laughs> but you live in a province. I don't get it. You live in a province. I don't get it, man. Don't worry, it'll be clarified later. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys can come back to me. I'll see if I can re- no, rejig this. You're now, Scott, you're good now. You're good now. You're good. Your pigeons are flying well. Yeah. All right. Uh, there is an amoxicillin shortage going on. Common antibiotic, uh, especially used for children. Interestingly, it isn't a production problem. It's that demand has gone up so much. Triple threat of all sorts of respiratory illnesses going around. And as a result, the uh, the production has been constant, but the actual demand has gone up. There's no actual shortage. It is still available. It's just in all sorts of different doses. You get a prescription, 
it's not available at the pharmacy. So there's back and forth with the doctor's office to get the prescription amount. Um, but it's just, again, a, a potential sign of things to come. So, so what, what's one of the main things that amoxicillin is used for? Like as for treatment? It is the most common antibiotics. So any bacterial infection. So, uh, you yeah, know, a common issue. So because we're seeing so many more respiratory infections right now, and if kids haven't been exposed to these things for a couple of years, it's coming back and hitting us that much harder. Uh, as it's hurting, and you know, just as a, a canary in the coal mine, we're seeing how much more amoxicillin is going as the kids are getting that much uh, more kids are getting sicker or getting oh. sick with uh. Kid with that amoxicillin shortage, I heard uh, I read one article that had said it was more of the liquid amoxicillin that they're unable to acquire rather than pill form. What did you hear, Scott? Yeah, no, it's uh, that, that's the exact issue. So, you know, with adults, it's easy to just pop a pill. It tends to be a powdered form that gets mixed up at the pharmacy uh, in sort of that suspension liquid that pickle uh, banana flavor that we all hated as kids. <laughs> That's what I love. I love that was that a fantastic flavor. flavor. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I so, never so once should, had it. So should should we just get pill forms, crush them, crush them up, and teach kids to snort it? <laughs> That's probably a terrible <laughs> idea. Terrible idea. Do not try that. <laughs> I like the creativity. advice ever. <laughs> I would recommend putting it in spaghettios or some pudding or something. You know, Ooh, pudding. But this pudding. is all terrible. Terrible. Ideas. <laughs> you got a news article, Greg? Uh, yeah. So I just heard today, and I found the article. Um, the ATF rules pistol braces. I know this doesn't really affect y'all in Canada. Y'all already have your issues, but for us in the United States, it'll it'll change a little bit uh, come December. Actually, the ATF ruled that pistol braces will be illegal as of December 2022 um, for any AR-15 style rifle with less than a 16 inch barrel. However, if you have a 16 inch barrel, you can legally just throw a buttstock on it. So what they're saying is they, they give you a few options uh, on disposing it, of it. You can either just take it off and throw it in the trash and destroy it. Or you can turn your entire firearm into the ATF. Because, um, you know, we, we all love setting $100 bills on fire. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is how we improve the economy, by the way. Uh, or you can convert it to a longer barrel, which would be obviously your minimum length is going to be 16 inches uh, in the United States. Or uh, I can't remember what the fourth one was, but uh, if somebody wants to put that in the comments, then it'll have the 
the options for you to dispose of that because you know that that works so well with the bump stocks <laughs> hey pierre um i got one so there was one that came through that i noticed was uh there was a scam going around in the butthole sorry toronto um, an employee coming around saying that they want to look at um, your sub pump and back water valve. Um, you know, they've got all the credentials or whatever, which is actually funny because there was a person that came around my house where, you know, I followed this guy like, you know, the sketchiest person that has ever walked in anywhere. Um, but yeah, he was looking at our sub pump, making sure that it didn't go somewhere. I mean, we're on city water city sewage but we have a sub pump because we were in that area where whatever so i mean even though someone and uh i think it was mel that's put something on facebook or something for where we live um you know hey there was a person that walked around a bunch of properties all over the place so i mean even though it kind of looks like something that could be you know maybe from the city like Ours was during like the hype of the COVIDs where the person, you know, semi sorta didn't show up with the mask, but like just kind of put a mask and said, show me everything. And we were like, well, I'm home. I'll follow you and like put you in my sub pump if you do something weird. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, now that everything's starting to relax a little bit more, you know, we're kind of getting back to normal and most cases that you know someone coming around saying hey i want to check all this stuff even though they might say i'm from the city or whatever you know it does kind of keep you on edge that uh you know it might be someone kind of going around you know looking at different options of what house may be the best to uh go take a look when people go on vacations or yep. it's you know many other things that i probably shouldn't say online where we want to keep this pg-13 <laughs> No, it's a, it's a good reminder now that everybody's kind of out and about and things are returning to whatever you may define as normal for the most part. That, yeah. uh, the scammers are back out in full force and yeah, they might come in trying to pretend to be a uh, an employee for the town or city that you live in. In reality, they're casing your place to see if it's worthwhile to come back and visit later and uh, they might yeah. even be employing some of the uh, tactics we're going to get into in a little bit here. So mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I've heard of... Um, and it's probably something that we would get into a little later on too is um, like all these people who are putting stuff up on Facebook, like, um, and then the one that I heard about was uh, we'll come to your house and, and clean your car for you. All yeah. they're doing is trying to find out who's got the high end car. They'll pick you out. As soon as you give them your address, they never show up. But then all of a sudden one day you go to your driveway and your car is gone. Yep. So I hadn't even thought of that one. Shall we uh, move in what we've done lately for preps? We'll see if Scott's internet's maybe working a little bit better. Uh, for preps, I actually started getting my new internet ready. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> uh, yep, no, I've been, doing, uh, I've been doing a lot of the outdoor winter-ready stuff. Uh, I actually did put a satellite mount up for when uh, Starlink arrives, hopefully at my house, so that instead of working outdoors in the snow on my roof, I can make one trip up, plop a dish on, uh, throw a wire in a conduit, and be done. Uh, nice. I'm excited about that. 
had some electrical work done for some other stuff. And while the electrician was here, um, added a few circuits to my breaker box so that the uh, freezers are on their own circuits. Uh, that way it's easier to run the generator. And instead of having a couple of freezers on one circuit that are all going to kick on at the same time and be a little harder on the system, if they're on different mm -hmm. circuits, you can kind of turn them on sequentially when, the, when you're starting to run on generator power. Uh, so nice. I'm happy about that. Uh, then smart, just been, yeah. Uh, then we were doing some radio stuff, uh, playing around with a couple of my mag friends, uh, uh, being a, a GMRS uh, frequency working in between all of us. So uh, those of our friends who don't have the radio license, we can still uh, create a means of chatting with them. Should uh, you know there be another big Rogers outage or <laughs> cyber threat to our communication <laughs> systems? So uh, I've been playing around with that, which is a lot of fun. So I enjoy that. Awesome, cool. I uh, finished up some of my. Uh, well, sorry, I'm finishing up yard cleanup for the beginning of winter. That old man is making his appearance shortly. Did a bit of fuel rotation. Uh, built a little deck. I had the uh, the big deck torn out this uh, this summer, and the contractor that was here, uh, he put in just a, a set of stairs, and then you're in the door. There's no upstairs onto a deck, and then in the door. And I really, really, really hated the look of that. But I was also not ready to spend seven thousand dollars on the material needed to build the size of deck that we want. So. I saved a lot of the lumber from the old deck, and I built a, a little stand, so to speak, four by eight little thing. Put some railing on it, whatnot, at the back door. Um, started on my basement cleanup, make a rec room in the basement, and clean up a bunch of other stuff, and a whole lot of work. That's it. I did. Uh as well, uh, like Brad, I just did some yard cleanup, getting ready for winter, and uh, that was it for me this week. All right, well, I started back up with uh, some more Morse code practice. I got uh, out of practice there for a little bit, picked up a uh, little uh, World War II keyer, so uh, it's a little eBay find, and uh, playing around with that, and plan on getting that cleaned up in the next uh, week or two. But I tried it out the other day and got in the Costa Rica with it. So it, uh, it still works, which is awesome. Nice. And then besides that, uh, some more backyard cleanups. We're still getting that all, uh, all sorted. I'm uh, going to finish up the fence tomorrow if all works out uh, according to plan. Got a bunch of firewood stacked up from the uh, the backyard cleanup. <laughs> and uh, besides that, it was just a bunch of travel for work because uh, work is a thing again. Unfortunately, I had to go back after parental. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, I've done a lot more uh, physical training, diet adjustment, uh, more woodworking and knife making. Um, I did a little bit of vehicle maintenance. Got a couple new pieces of gear from Sig Sauer um, for a couple of my uh, firearms. And then I started getting ready for my trip to Vermont in December and started doing some Christmas shopping. So nice. all getting ready for that. Oh yeah. That's coming up quick. <laughs> Christmas shopping. Yeah. You are a demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as for me, I didn't do much for preps this week. Um, to do a lot of family stuff, <clears throat> which I guess could be, uh, considered, uh, pretty good. Uh, 
me and my daughter may have a new thing that we may have a new thing for me and her time or whatever. So she got into Legos and yeah, she wants a lot of Legos now and start building. So <laughs> yeah, no, just a, a bit of family time. Uh, didn't do too much for preps, you know, your regular, I mean, melded most of it, but meal prep for the week, you know, cut up the veggies, start cooking food or whatever for the week. Uh, she did most of that, but just regular stuff around the house. And also word of advice, don't buy too many uh, laundry baskets because the more laundry baskets you have, the more laundry you have to fold at a later date. <laughs> we <laughs> realize that. Like, that. Yeah, like have like two, three, like one for clean, one for dirty, and like, you know, one to like walk around the house. But like if you've got like nine laundry baskets, you end up with like nine laundry baskets you got to fold. Yep. So. Yeah, that's something else I learned this week, so that kind of sucked. Yeah, we got four. <laughs> with, with that tip, I'll bring episode 182 to an end. <laughs> All right, how about we move into the main topic, shall we? Go for it. So, first off, October is cybersecurity month. So, um, yes, we're at the end of October, but we figured that we would recognize the fact that it's cybersecurity month and uh, do an episode on it. We've uh, we've touched on cybersecurity, I believe, once in the past, and uh, it's something worth kind of revisiting every once in a while because, shockingly, I know things change and things update, and uh, also some things stay the same, and it's just a good reminder of... Uh, what uh, what can go sideways on you pretty quick with the whole uh, digital world that we find ourselves in now. Uh, quick disclaimer before we get into this, because somebody is going to yell at me and say, you're telling bad guys how to avoid being detected and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what we're getting into here. Uh, we're going to get into some ways that you can protect your own data and how to uh, make sure that uh, your fingerprint online is not as obvious as it most likely is currently. Um, just a reminder, nothing is perfect. Everything we talk about tonight is not going to keep you 100% safe. This is just a small little snippet of ideas. Uh, it's going to take a lot more research and a lot of work on your end to uh, really lock down your uh, your digital life. Um, and uh, this is just going to be geared more towards getting you thinking, pointing you in a little bit of a direction and getting you started. But uh, to start out, most people will say, yeah, cybersecurity, I have nothing to hide. I don't care. So I, I figure that's probably what majority of our uh, our listeners have said at one point in time or another. Um, probably some folks on the panel here as well just said, you know, I've got nothing to hide. What do I care about cybersecurity? I just, I'm going to use my book of faces. I'm going to use my text messages. I'm just going to go about my, uh, my day on the internet. And so what? So Zuckerberg knows what I typed on my uh, status update and knows what I'm kind of shopping for. But we're going to get into a few things here, and then I will ask that question again at the end, and we'll see how everybody's feeling if they haven't logged out and smashed their computer halfway through. <laughs> but don't say that, man. I just built this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, keep the baseball bats and the hammer and everything away from it then. Okay. Uh, so first off, everybody's using some form of social media, right? Whether it be the book of faces, Gab, Minds, TikTok, Instagram, um, all of those sorts of things. It's it's commonplace in life now. It's commonplace that everybody uses them for entertainment, for keeping in touch with each other, for chatting with family and friends abroad, or even just next door. Uh, but they, they've worked them, their way into our life, and it's just normal for everybody to be using it. Um, 
for a quick example, ever notice that you'll be on, say, Facebook, and all of a sudden uh, an ad pops up on your feed for that item you were shopping for the other day? And you go, why the heck am I seeing an ad for said product that I thought I was going to buy yesterday but that I didn't? Well, that's an example of tracking. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're searching on Google for something and the top page of Google search is completely irrelevant to whatever you're searching for, but it's showing you products that you, uh, you had looked for an hour or two ago or that, uh, you know, maybe you had been visiting a Canadian Tire or something and those ads are now being displayed on your screen uh, and you're kind of scratching your head going, well, that's an odd coincidence. Why are those all of a sudden showing up on my... Uh, on my Google search or in my, uh, my social media feed or wherever it is you happen to be on the internet where there's some ads. Well, that's, that's a common example of tracking and it's something that's happening all the time and it's consistently happening across all your devices. Um, has anybody heard the term cookies before? And I'm not talking about the fresh baked tasty kind of cookie. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, I've had Oreos like they're pre-manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about the type you go and buy <laughs> on the store because chances okay. are those are going to come up on your, uh, <laughs> on your ad feed. Uh, so cookies are a small little text file and they're saved on your computer, on your mobile device, on any electronic device that you're using to access the internet. And really they're just a way of keeping track of who you are, where you're going, what you're doing, what you're looking at. Uh, you ever notice that you go to a website, like for example, Facebook or your email and you're already logged in, there's most likely a tracking cookie that's authenticated you already and said, yeah, that's, uh, that's you. I already know about you. I know you're authenticated. I can let you back in. No problem. Um, it's something that's happening behind the scenes that not everybody is really aware of, but it, uh, it's kind of an added convenience. It makes life a lot easier, but it's also used to keep a track of what you're doing, what you're up to. And, uh, it'll do things like, um, Browser fingerprinting. I see Danny in the uh, the live chat here mentioning he likes chocolate chip cookies. Yes, those are tasty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but again, that's not the type of cookie we're talking about here. Uh, but it'll do things like uh, browser fingerprinting, operating system fingerprinting, and I'll touch on those in a second. Uh, it'll track your IP address, which is a, a unique identifier to you on the internet. So I usually explain that as a, your telephone on your telephone number on the internet. Uh, so it's unique to you, and nobody else in the world's going to have that IP address except you. Uh, unless we get in this, we're going to get in some uh, more ways to kind of play around with that later on in the episode. But uh, without any kind of security in place, you've got that unique identifier that is only used by you in the entire world. So it's easy to kind of keep track of where you are and what you're talking about in conjunction with the cookies. Uh, browser fingerprinting, we'll look at things uh, even as detailed as is the screen resolution uh, on your computer. Uh, is your um, browser um, in full screen mode? Is it uh, smaller? Is it a certain size? Uh, so we'll keep track of that and then it'll watch you across different websites to see if it's the same browser, if it's the same computer. Uh, OS fingerprinting is looking at your operating system type, unique things about your operating system, such as devices plugged in, um, you know, the type of uh, CPU that you've got, if you've got a unique device like a thumb drive or something plugged in, or something that just stands out that is unique to your setup. So if you're traversing the internet and these tracking devices or these tracking cookies or ways of watching you online are looking to see, okay, you're the same person because your browser uses this resolution, your computer has the following components in it, your operating system is the following version, and it just tracks you across all these different sites. So, uh, I see I haven't freaked anybody else out, out yet because no, everybody's still no, here. No, 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 no. Hold <laughs> on, hold on. We're not done here. Yep. No, so go for it, it. It, it will track 
your like for example like my dad right yep. like these shit like really fucking expanded to be able to read Go for it. so it yep. will literally track the font size you preset stuff to yep yeah that's a unique way to identify that that is you and you're a specific user on the computer um, so it can track how, um, like the websites will watch your resolution, your screen resolution, the font size that you're being displayed at on the on the screen, all that kind of stuff is things that are being sent back to uh, to various websites that are tracking it. Not all websites track, but majority do because you are the product, and they want to know all about you. You are making it really hard to keep the show PG <laughs> <laughs> with information. No, with information like this, like. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, 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 I can click the, the explicit button if you need. Okay, what the fuck? Like, it there literally you know. being <laughs> unable to understand the fact that, like, how you preset, how you read stuff is better. Like, we've all been there, right? Like, I've got a few commie assholes in the house, you know, and the wife wanted, <laughs> you know, the Alexa app. Yep. And I'm like, I've got whatever disabled, disabled on my phone so that it doesn't listen and track and everything and like hit no on all the cookies but like being able to track to the point of like what your font settings are yep and that's all the the, the whole reason behind doing that is majority of the time it's for advertising reasons right they want to know who you are they want to know what you're all oh, about yeah. they want to be able that they're actually showing you the proper ad uh, but there's another side to it as well we're going to get into that it could possibly be used for. But a lot of the time, the tracking is to make sure the ad is targeted to the right specific user. And they do that by collecting all this information on you about your computer, about where you visit, about what you look at, uh, what type of operating system you're using. And that's all with the, the browser fingerprinting and the, the operating system uh, fingerprinting. Like, so like, if your font is very high, do they advertise for like laser surgery for your mm -hmm. eyes? Potentially, they could. No, yeah. I get more that makes sense. ads, really. Oh, there you go. Another thing to think of. So, no, the, the, yeah, sure. So websites are tracking you with all that kind of stuff, and that's kind of an example of how they do it. Um, your internet service provider. If you're not, uh, if you're not doing anything, so say you've just signed up with the internet service provider, you've plugged their modem in, and you've connected all your devices to their wireless router and you're just surfing the internet, doing your thing. Uh, you know, again, I've got nothing to hide. All's good. Uh, they know about every single device that's connected to your, to their modem. So they can see that your iPhone's connected. They can see your computer's connected. They can see your PlayStation. Uh, they can see all the individual devices that are connected. So they know what devices you have. Um, they'll know when they're connected and when they're not. So if your, your phone walks into your house and connects to your Wi-Fi. Your internet service provider now knows your phone's connected and it knows what time it connected. Um, they know what sites you visit. They might not know the content of those sites depending on the um, the type of sites you're visiting. Most have uh, HT, you'll see the little lock and sometimes a little keypad or depending on the browser you're using, a little lock and key uh, on most of your sites. You'll see that they start with HTTPS now. So that's secure, uh, secure website. So at least the, the information being sent back and forth is encrypted. So your provider can't see what's being sent back and forth but they can see what site you're going to. So they get an idea of where you're visiting and, and what time you're visiting it at. And uh, so just the idea that they me, can see all your devices is a little bit freaky. So you're telling me a needle mode is not like super top secret 007 shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, so so quick question about that. So if I buy my own router and go with a service provider, yep. does, 
is now that does better. that at least eliminate the fact that my service provider yeah. can see all those details? Right. So if you, so I've got that later on down the show notes here. But if you say, oh, I take didn't read them. Your, I'm not going to no, lie. Okay, I'll, I'll answer <laughs> the question now. Uh, so if you say take your uh, <laughs> take your modem because you're going to need that device to connect to your internet service provider, the device yeah. they give you to actually make that connection, you need. Uh, you can put it into a bridged mode. Most of them will let you do that. And then you can connect your own firewall. And I've got some suggestions later on down in the show notes here that we'll get into about what you can use for that. If you do your own firewall and your own um, internal networking and such, now they can't see each individual device that's connected. So something to keep in mind if you want to get to that level of uh, concern. And I'd suggest it's a good one to kind of be concerned about. Um, put your own firewall in place and then they still know that you're connected, but all they see is that firewall device is connected. They don't see anything beyond it if you've set it up correctly. That's okay, the other so does the fire need to burn 24 seven? Uh, it needs to burn 24 seven. It has to be started with a flint uh, yeah. and you have to monitor it constantly. Yes. And okay. uh, just Do for Alan, we connector. will, we, ah, you beat me to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I use go-go juice? <laughs> maybe, maybe. So yeah, just take all of your network equipment, light it on fire, make a big wall of fire and you're good. Uh, okay, <laughs> but uh, let's let's think about, for example, the media that you consume, right? So everybody's using Netflix, you're using Prime, Hulu, Disney Plus, whatever it is. Uh, that's all being tracked: what you're watching, what you're not watching, what you choose to watch halfway, what you choose to watch all the way through is all being watched. Um, online TV. So a lot of uh, cable providers now are offering streaming services, so you can watch TV on the go on your your phone, on your iPad, on whatever you choose. Um, don't think that's not being watched as well. Because again, they're trying to get a picture of what it is that you're into. Uh, YouTube, for example, watching this on YouTube or Facebook, they know you're watching this. You're already on the list. Calm down. It's all right. Um, <laughs> nothing new. But, uh, nothing new. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just something that people don't really think about a lot. And all of a sudden, you just, you take the the simplicity of it. You know, I can watch whatever I want, whenever I want through this service you don't think about what's happening in the background. So they're, they're slowly taking all of this information and it's being compiled to build a, a profile for you, what you're into, what sites you go to, what shows you watch, uh, what devices you have on your network. If, uh, if you haven't put that firewall in place and your provider can see it, um, you know, all those things are, are being watched and are being logged and it's, it's happening right underneath your nose. And, and a lot of people don't think about it, but, it's going on and you know we've we've said a, a bunch on the show that you know if the service is free you're the uh, you know you're the commodity right but um even on the paid stuff like the netflixes and primes and all that kind of stuff they're still watching it because they make more money off of being able to sell your data um, and i mean that, that goes without but, saying when you look at right we have three four profiles at netflix prime mm -hmm. you know and i have mine my wife has hers, you know, Mel, Mel and then Emily Ann, our daughter has hers. And I'm like, suggested for you, depending on which profile you have. Yep. Right. Obviously, all depends on what you've watched. Like mine will be documentaries or yep. stuff, you know, stuff like that, where the daughters will be more, you know, cartoons, whatever kids kid are watching. Shows. Yeah, cartoons, kid shows <laughs> where, you know, my wife will be more dramas Legos and Emily. like entertainment entertainment stuff right so i'm like even just like that should be a red flag even way before this episode in my opinion 
Yeah, when like, you think about it, like that's that's a profile like, that they are building on you that is convenient yeah. to you because it suggests more things that you would be interested in watching. Right, but because that also of the last sold. ten thing. Yeah, but right. because of the last ten things I've watched, like here, yep. here's you know forty, twenty, thirty things. You might be yep. interested based on those, but they sell that shit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you, you take that, for example, so you take that, um, here's your next five or six things we suggest you watch, take that and add in what websites you've recently been to, what you've recently looked at purchasing, uh, you know, those, you those sorts purchased. of things, what you have purchased. Yeah. Good point. Uh, add that in. And now they've already got a pretty good working profile of what you're interested in, where you're going, what you're buying, what you're watching. So now you got a pretty good idea of what you're all about. Uh, and that's just on a couple of things. That's not even, we're, we're going to get a little deeper here. With the amount them. of invasion this is, I do not want you to go deeper. I want you to go, like, <laughs> pull out get out. Like, so I think really, like, here. one of the main reasons I think they actually track us is so that I can keep getting those six phone calls every Thursday about my car's extended warranty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, you're, you're not wrong. Well, and it's interesting when you you look at yeah, go ahead, when you look at the two factor authentication that a lot of places want. Oh. They want you to link. Oh, we want to know you're you. We're going to send you a text message on your cell phone. What's your number? It's to no. build up this network, oh. and they can have more data points, right? So it's handy when you know your online streaming service is giving you suggestions for things you might like. But what happens if the price is changing? Like they know that uh, oh you know if I, oh it's on sale. They they know I'm going to pounce on it. Well, what if that means they're going to raise the price a little bit? Then oh look, it's on sale. Drop mm-hmm. it. But I'm paying more than it, than someone else looking at the exact same yep. website because of the profile. All of a sudden, oh, I have nothing to hide. Doesn't really apply if the uh, mm-hmm. if there are financial implications for this stuff. Yep. So Terry, uh, Terry in the live chat's got a good point. He says, uh, "Does this mean that Justy knows I don't like him? Uh, if he didn't before, he knows now. He does now. I'm pretty sure he's a listener. <laughs> so that all depends. What." podcast you listen to if you've ever looked for a um bad word trudeau shirt slash flag um (laughs) did you did you send anything to the freedom convoy right like all all this like i i knew it was bad don't get me wrong but like like i i may do podcasts from like a burner phone that i buy every week and on like the timmy's wi-fi yeah, make sure you store yeah, it in your not, Faraday yeah. box. Don't bring <laughs> no, no, I'm just home. gonna, I'm just do gonna not, fucking chuck that shit. Like, do not bring that phone home because it'll be linked to everybody else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, if I Let's, turn that phone off and take the battery out, and then I drove home, that still depends link. on the backup battery yeah. in, yeah. built inside the phone. Well, most likely not. At that point, you're probably good. But uh, Pierre's right. If there's a backup battery, <laughs> let's not See, uh, put like the tinfoil this... hats on that tight. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, it, it's, as long as it's not powered, but we're all humans, right? All it takes is once you power that up. Now it knows, right? 
that's a spot mm-hmm. you hang out. Uh, but before we get in the phones, let's touch on uh, online services. So most of us now are, are getting into online banking if we haven't already been for years, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of our bills are, are online now. So hydro bills, gas bills, um, all those kinds of things are all online. Again, your browser's watching. It knows where you go. There's a profile built on you that knows what bank you use. It doesn't know all your, your account balances and all that kind of stuff. We're not getting that deep oh, into surveillance. Thank God. You know, well, they know what bank you use, right? Uh, it knows what um, hydro company you use. It knows what gas company you use, whatever other services you might use. That's all built into your profile as well. So it's just more building about what is known about you and and where you where you use, what services you use, all that kind of stuff. So then again, it's just more profile building. Now we also, get into the fun. Yeah, go for it. But also a word of advice. I mean, it's not good advice, but if you keep your credit card maxed, and someone steals your credit card, they got to pay it off before they can use it. <laughs> Solid <laughs> advice. There we go. Yes. So if you want to protect it's yourself. Not good <laughs> advice, <Yeah>. but <laughs> if someone steals oh. their stuff and they're like, well, I can't use anything on your credit card unless they put 20 bucks on it. Hey, it's better <laughs> so than everybody else that hasn't paid else off. To pay your bills, yeah. I you mean. If you, if you find a nice enough hacker like that, let me know. I'll set and lose some of my stuff too. Yeah, I mean, it's not good advice, but yep. it is advice. <laughs> oh, man, terrible, terrible advice. <laughs> but um, again, accessing all those online services, and we're going to get into ways to kind of protect this later on down uh, down the show notes here. But uh, the number one thing is passwords, right? If, uh, if you're using the same password across all those services, uh, one of them gets breached. Guess what? Now... Uh, now they're all open and uh, they can be accessed. But again, just well, something to you, kind of keep in mind. Then you can yeah. pay all my bills. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Anybody feel like paying Pierre's bills, just uh, break into his accounts and uh, pay him. Yeah. There we go. I, I'll give you a shout out next time. There you Thank go. You. There you go. <laughs> we're, uh, now we're going to get into the fun stuff. So your, your little uh, cell phone that everybody oh. carries now. Everybody carries one, right? You're not getting away from it. It's a way of life now. Uh, shocker. Is everybody ready for this? Huge data tracker. Huge. Of course it is because it, it it's part of everybody's life, right? Mm-hmm. Main thing is GPS. I think we all know this. I don't think this is going to be any big wide shock to anybody, but it's constantly pulling GPS coordinates and watching where you're going, what you're doing. Uh, and then that is built into your profile as well. You know, what stores do you frequent? Um, what uh, what clubs do you go to? What bars do you go to? That kind of stuff. What sporting facilities? You know, that's all being watched and it's used to build a profile about you. Again, most mostly to help target uh, those ads and kind of show you things that are appropriate to you. Uh, but, uh, you know, you get into text messages. Those aren't encrypted. They're not, uh, they're sent in plain text. Don't think they're not watched because they're scanned for data about you as well. Um, I hope so. <laughs> other chat platforms, <laughs> what? <right>? what? <laughs> uh, other chat platforms. You know, if you, you start getting into some other chat platforms that uh, that are not encrypted as well, those are all being watched. Also, uh, WhatsApp claims that it's end to end encrypted, but don't think Zuckerberg's not scraping that info for stuff as well because. You're going to be talking about things and I don't know if anybody has noticed, you know, in, in chat groups or in text messages talking about something. And again, those ads come up a day or so later and you start scratching your head going, how did they know about that? Well, there you go. 
they're watching that as well. And that gets built into your profile. And then they say, oh yeah, uh, you know, Pierre's interested in this. We'll show him all these ads and maybe he'll buy something. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, and it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because one thing happened uh, to me a couple of years ago is we were, a group of us were in one of those chat things, planning a, planning a trip and looking at days and looking at this. And next thing I know, it's like, they're like saying, do you want to put your trip in your calendar? Yep. Uh, hold on a minute. We yep. didn't book anything, but we had just put the days down and yep. There you go. It's watching yeah. you, right? I, I've, I've already started getting those because I'm looking, I booked or I looked at different options for the honeymoon or whatever. And like already like weather network, um, nothing on, well, I mean, I don't have book face or whatever, but like already <laughs> some of those places or some of those places where ads just naturally pop up, right? Like, Hey, is this where we were looking at an option? Like, is it available? Yeah. I looked at that, like give or take a week ago, but like emails it's coming through on, uh, Instagram, yep. everything. And I'm like, it's, it's just weird. Like it's also become such a norm that like nobody thinks about it. Yep. And that's the scary part in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So here's one, uh, one common thing that you'll hear um, about cell phones. I'll just turn the GPS off right now. Uh, can't track me now. You don't know where I am, but the GPS is off. What is everywhere now? You know, it's become a, a major thing over the last probably five years where no matter where you go, coffee shops, Home Depot, Lowe's, oh, wifi. everywhere. Wi-Fi. Crack cocaine. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, yeah, crack cocaine <laughs> and Wi-Fi. Trade your crack cocaine for the Wi-Fi password. But okay, yeah. I mean, and I, and I'm not talking about logging into the Wi-Fi. It doesn't matter. It, you don't have to log into the Wi-Fi. That's a whole other kettle of fish as far as security goes. Yeah, um, and we're not going to get into that in this episode. But um, just walking around, your your phone is pulling all those Wi-Fi spots. So now it can be used. I see Corey in the live chat here has mentioned uh, SSID triangulation. Oh. Yep, exactly. So your phone knows where all those unique SSIDs are or the, the SSID is a name or the Wi-Fi that you see broadcast. Uh, so, so it knows generally off, where all those are. Yep. But if I turn off my Wi-Fi mm-hmm. binder, does that help the fact that they can't track? If you're not connecting to them anymore like your wi-fi is completely off on your phone yeah yeah, yeah. like so you, you turn you you put the bar across the weird upside down tree thing yeah. right. so <laughs> yeah, i don't I, I, explanation <laughs> yeah so your yeah. wi-fi is off and your gps is off uh and and uh it, denny it, denny it, nailed it in the live chat already um cell signal just the cell tower alone can still tell roughly where you are it's not anywhere near as good as gps or wi-fi but uh, even just yeah. the specific cell tower you're on can give you a general idea of where you're at. Uh, so that's still okay. going to be logged as well. So, so, so having the Wi-Fi off and uh, the location off helps more than having all of it on. So bring, it helps, your, stupid, yeah. so bring your stupid friend with you that doesn't do all that, and then he'll get caught <laughs> there you go. faster than you will. <laughs> so if he gets sure. pinched, you know, you got to take a run. <laughs> We're not talking about getting pinched or anything. We're just talking about oh, the data okay. that's collected for uh, sorry, for my the purposes of tracking you and stuff. Uh, but you know, 
So, uh, another thing to think of is everybody's at places they're visiting friends, they're at the bar, they're at whatever public location they want to be at. What's the number one popular thing to do now? Photos and videos. What's built uh, into those GPS coordinates and all kinds of other metadata and people, people are in the photos and videos. I hope people, yes, people. and I hope it's just their faces. Um, so, you know, but that's all built in. So when you send that information to a social media network, they know exactly where that image or video was taken. Uh, there's all kinds of other scanning things that happen with, uh, you know, th- uh, determining like facial recognition, all that kind of stuff. But we're, we're not getting into that in this episode. But there's all kinds of that stuff as well that then gets built into your profile. How many photos are you taking there? How many videos? You know, how many people are you there with? Uh, that's so all built turn, as well. If I turn my geotagging off, is yep. that a good thing? It's probably a good step. It's it's not going to stop everything, but it's a good good security step, I would say. But let's uh, let's touch on. So I think I've freaked people out a little bit here. This is just some generic stuff. This isn't uh, this isn't way way deep into the weeds as far as what goes on. But I just want to kind of scratch the surface a little bit to get people thinking about what's going on, what's being tracked, and how. But why do we care? Right? Why? I care. What's the big, again, nothing to hide. Why do I care that Facebook knows where I hang out, where I go for beers, um, that I go over to Jeff's every Wednesday? Like, why, why do I care? I thought he went he to could. your house. He does, but I figured I'd try to screw him up with the algorithm here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sorry, we'll, I we'll screwed that up. Continue. Delete that. <laughs> so, I retract my former statement. So the, the number one you reason fucked, we care. You fucked three weeks of work, yeah. buddy. God, you fucked up three weeks I of work. This. I planned this for weeks. Damn it, now I'm going to have to buy the beer. Exactly. God damn it, I didn't get the memo, guys. Sorry. <laughs> so here's the thing that's happening in the background that a lot of people don't really think about. Uh, data brokers. So this might be a term that people haven't heard about before, or maybe they have, but uh, the data brokers are the one that all your data gets sold to. So the Facebooks of the world, the YouTubes of the world, the, the Netflix, all, all those online services that you use that collects your data, sells it and they sell it off the data brokers. Why? Because your data is valuable. Whether it's a free or paid for service, you're still the commodity. Uh, and if they can make a few more bucks off you, they'll sell your data. Right? And that's uh, the, and all of a sudden now, data brokers have this giant database on specifically you. They know the companies and what you know you visit, where you buy, why you buy, when you buy. Uh, there's a complete profile built about you: your age, your gender, your race, sexual orientation, purchase preferences, um, how often you frequent certain locations, where you live. Right, your phone is constantly watching. If you're at a certain location between you know five and six and you know five at night and six in the morning, and then it's watching where you work. Because if you're there from nine to five, it can you know intelligently say these are probably this is where this person works. This is how long they're there for. This is how long they're home. This is most likely where they reside because they're here on usually work or off hours. Um, so it knows your your home, your work hours. Uh, most likely when you are at home. Or if you're not at home, most likely where you're going to be, uh, which now when you look at that kind of in a, the big picture kind of uh, scheme, a little freaky, right? It's not so, necessarily something you want people to know. But no. so do, do they have all like 70 or like 80 genders 
in this profile? <laughs> that I don't know, but I would imagine so. But I mean, I just, or, I just want to know in case, in case just, my stuff gets taken, you know, I might be able to take them to like, you know, the human tribunal thing and say they misgendered me and like end up with like debating. You, you could, if you do try that, let me know how it works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, I will. I mean, obviously. So, so the uh, <laughs> the impact of this, right? Now there's this data broker or data brokers because it's a worldwide thing with uh, with companies that broker all your data. They have this profile built on you. What could possibly go wrong? So they're they're selling some ads to me about um, you know I, I like to buy certain things, so they're going to try and sell me other things at maybe a lower price. So I didn't buy it right off the hop, and they know a few things about me. Well, all of a sudden, let's say your insurance company decides they want to know a little bit more about your risk rating. Okay, so let's uh, check out his purchase preferences. Oh, you know, there's some larger purchase here um, that we're going to have to insure if, uh, you know, something happens to your house or, you know, you're, you're at work a lot longer than we realized or you're at home or, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, your medical insurance, suddenly they're aware that, uh, you know, you're at the bar four or five times uh, a week. Um, you know, wow. that could have an impact on your health, right? Uh, those sorts yeah, of things. Was, and it's not things that people think about, right? Yeah, Go ahead, Jeff. I was, I was, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to mention there was uh, somebody where I used to work who worked a, um, I guess, an evening shift. They worked like a, an 8, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. or something like that. But anyways, their insurance company encouraged them to get one of those, you know, those insurance things you plug into mm -hmm. your car and it tells yeah. you, know, what you speed. Yep. And they'd only had it for not long. And their insurance company called them and said, like, yeah, your rates are going to go up because... You do a lot of driving after midnight. Yep. And they're like, yeah, well, my job ends at two o'clock in the morning. Well, you're at a higher risk time of, mm -hmm. of accident. So we're going to raise your rate. All because See, you agreed to a voluntary collection of data. See, yep. Thankfully, I was smart when we got one of those. I said, hold on. Smart and got one. I don't know if they go together. Yeah, I'm not plugging that yeah, in. Yeah, I paid yeah. for the whole speedometer. <laughs> I'm using the whole on. speedometer. Listen. All right, go for it. We had we had to have it in the truck or in the car. Sorry, for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Ninety percent of all our travel I did in the company truck. <laughs> so you want me to go get groceries? No problem. I picked them up in the company truck that isn't associated with that. So it only looked like you moved the car once, twice a week, or whatever. Insurance rates dropped. Unplug it, send it back to the company. Do whatever you want. So I you realize you just statement. put that on the internet, right? I have no recollection of the event in question. I will gladly meet with the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's scary that I right, mean but for, for, for this this employee, this this friend of mine, it was voluntary, but yep, that's yeah. kind of scary that you're saying they told you you will put it in your car, we're not gonna insure you. Like that's Yeah. And and, and right, it. and they advertise it as in like hey, depending you know, if you're a good driver, you don't go over the speed limit and this and that. They don't tell you about the time restraints, right? Yep. They just say, like, do you roll stop signs? Um, you know, your how long card, do you like speed? Yep. Yeah, yep. all that stuff, but they don't tell you about the time slots. Well, you know, if you drive a lot in those peak hours, and it's like, well, define peak hours, right? So at that point, you know, this person got kind of um, slammed in the pooper about that scenario. Compared to us, where I was just like, oh, that's in the car? Yeah, no problem. I'll pick up the groceries in the company truck, right? Because I do have that leeway where I'm like, I can punch out for lunch whenever I want. 
that. Right. I'm like, I'll punch out and pick up whatever in town. So I'm like, you know, we don't move the car often. So I'm like, our insurance dropped. And I'm like, we still don't really take advantage of it. We go out here and there or whatever. But yeah, it's just crazy that, you know, that time slot yep. makes a giant difference. Yeah, so up. just something yeah. to, to kind of keep in mind like that. You know, under under the hood, all this is happening that you don't realize. There's this giant profile, kind of being built about you and set up to really paint a picture about what you're all about, what you do, what your preferences are, and and all of that. And it's being collected, right? And it's being uh, it's being sold, and then it's being built into a bigger database. And uh, we'll touch on some ways to kind of help clean that up in a in a minute, but. Uh, the other thing to be worried about, and we hear about this all the time in the news, is you know those big scary hackers, right? Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna make attempts to break into uh, your various accounts, like your bank account, your social medias, uh, your PlayStation accounts, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, that's the same thing they want is your data, right? They want to be able to harvest your data and use it, or use those accounts to get further into another goal that they have, or even hide their own identities. Um, basically, they're just going to start wreaking havoc with uh, getting into your accounts. Uh, and I'm just going to touch on a couple of, of basic ways that they, they do that. Number one is weak passwords, right? So again, like I said earlier in the episode, if you're using the same password over and over and over on different sites, because let's face it, it's easy, it's simple, and we're lazy. So, you know, using the same password makes it simple. I don't have to remember you know, 50 different passwords or 50 different accounts. I just use the same password, maybe a quick little combination uh, to change it up a bit. Think I'm tech savvy and I'm going to avoid all this. Uh, but weak passwords is the number one way they're getting in. Second way, if, uh, if you do have good, strong passwords is uh, social engineering. So simply calling up a company saying that they're you uh, and, you know, spinning some kind of a tale or a web about how, uh, you know, it's been a, such a terrible day and, you know, I'm in uh, dire need of getting back into my account. I can't remember my password. Can you help me out? And they kind of pull on the heartstrings of the support agent. And next thing you know, that support agent is saying, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll help you out because I've been in a rough spot before too and I haven't been able to get into it. And well, what's the harm if I just skip this one little step here in our security policy, if it exists, uh, to help this hmm. person out? And uh, all of a sudden, they're into your account, right? It's uh, uh, social engineering is a huge rabbit hole that you can go down, and uh, it's it's uh, it's a very interesting one. But um, that's uh, some quick ways of getting into accounts. Yep. You have the uh, the video there that Darius put on the Discord. Did you follow uh, that yeah. link? Yeah, yeah, I did. That that was crazy oh, link. It, wow. Uh, it it uh, I will get it um, into the uh, forty five seconds, and that woman had. A, a recording in the background of a yep. baby screaming, and then within 45 seconds on the phone with this guy's account holder, she was in. She yep. knew exactly what she had to say. Yep. Yeah, she posed as uh, a reporter, let her, let her break into uh, his accounts, and he, she posed as his wife, yeah. played a baby screaming in the background, and uh, next thing you know, she's set up with access to the account, and away she goes. Luckily, then, she, she was doing then, it just to prove concept. Yeah, but I want I want to see the same video where it's a tro a guy trying to get into a girl's profile and see how long. It yeah, that would be an happened. interesting experiment. No, no but, never say like, never. Never say never. But that that is true. Yep. Yeah, but it's it's something to kind of to keep in mind, right? Is it can happen and it can happen quick. So it's. Oh. Um, so does that mean most just, hackers are chicks? 
Nope, not at all. A lot of social <laughs> engineers are, but a lot of social engineers are also males, right? But uh, social engineers will play to their strength. So they will, uh, a lot of them get very, very good at what they do. And they've got certain scripts that they use and they modify as appropriate. And uh, they're very, very good at getting into things. And it's, uh, it's, it's hacking scary. the human, basically, right? It's some scary stuff. But the weakest link in any kind of security setup is the human. So if you can get past them, you're going to get so in. So I stand by my statement that people are shitty. Yeah. Or okay. not necessarily shitty, but willing to help out, which in turn makes them shitty. They're, they're compassionate. Yep. They're stupid. And understanding. <laughs> but so have I, have I freaked people out a little bit at least at this point? I'm just no, missing that... the good old days of a, you know, instead of stealing data, you know, you just kicked in someone's front door and you rolled the dice. Like <laughs> you either got a TV or you got a hollow point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I mean, I'm willing to attest to anything I've said on the internet, whether on this episode or the other one, because most of the time I've had a little bit to drink. Um, mm-hmm. But I will also stand by 90% of what I've said while I've been drinking, you know, in yep. person. Okay. Drunken words are sober thoughts. Yeah. I mean, they're just less shy. Fair enough. Yep. But it's um but yeah, I still stand by my statement that you want to steal all my data, pay my bills, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So since I've sufficiently kind of freaked out people, I think, here, and again, this wasn't supposed to dive into uh, into the weeds by any no. means. It was just kind of Supposed to open your eyes up a little bit about what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, let's touch on some prevention and how you can maybe help prevent some of this from occurring. You're never going to stop all of the data collection. Let's just draw that line right here now. Uh, it, it, you're never going to stop all of it, but you can make some good steps uh, for preventing some of it. Um, and the number one for preventing the uh, you know the big scary hackers that we just talked about is strong passwords. And again, I mentioned that the number one way they're going to get in is through some kind of a breach that's happened where um, a company has lost uh, or has been hacked themselves and a bunch of data has been lost. And in that data is passwords. And next thing you know, your password, uh, you know, which is, you know, let's say for example, is uh, is password one, two, three. And sorry, if that is anybody's password, change it. What do you uh, mean? That's not good. <laughs> yeah, I know it's terrible password. So, um, See, I password put the at symbol at the beginning. Oh, well, there you right. go. So you're, you're safe. Yeah, you're so safe. I'm don't worry good. about the okay. Don't worry about the number <laughs> of people that are watching this and now know. Uh, so uh, password one two three is uh, is your password for a company. That company gets breached. That password is now put out to the world uh, in a in a breach uh, dump, and then people or hackers will go through look for that information in that breach, see your password, and then they'll go out and they'll try it on every other service they can come up with. And if you're using that same password, you know, password one, two, three, across all of your devices and all of your accounts, uh, they're gaining access to everything. So number one thing that you can do to prevent that is using some form of strong password. And we're all humans. We can't memorize everything or, you know, some, the odd person here or there can, but most of us are not going to remember that huge, long, you know, five, 10, 15 character long random password. So you can utilize what's called a uh, password manager. So there's a couple options out there. There's all kinds of them. Uh, you know, there's there's LastPass, there's Bitwarden, there's One Password, and they're all uh, all password managers that help you kind of generate a password that's unique for each device or each uh, account, and then rem- remembers them for you. You still need to uh, use a master password to gain access to them. So you still want that to be a strong password, 
uh, but you can make it something that's a little bit easy for you to remember. Uh, and then it gains access to all your other passwords. And they're then at that point, they're all unique to the different um, different sites that you're using. So, I see so a question reliable, for me there, Pierre. Yeah, how reliable is that for someone to hack that so, to be able to so, get it? Like, so those those get a little bit interesting. There's there's free ones out there, and I wouldn't touch them with a ten foot pole. Uh, LastPass has been around for years. They're third party yeah. audited, so uh, a third party comes in and looks at their security and sees that um, they are not able to access your unique vault, so they can't see any of your information. Uh, Bitwarden, for example, is all open source, so you can actually, um, if you're a big enough nerd, you can actually go into the source code and read it and see exactly what it is doing and how it's doing it, and you can self-host it, so you don't have to host it on their infrastructure. You can host it on yours. You have full, complete control over it. Uh, one I, password I don't even, is. I don't even I'm know not what overly that means. Sure about it. That got me more confused than anything. <laughs> right, but like, no, so so I'm ju- I'm just curious, right? So if, no, go for it, if yeah. I use LastPass or that other one where you don't have to Bitwarden. be the master wizard. Yep. Um. So is that saved on something that someone can figure out that I'm using it and figure out how to hack my system to get all the access to my other passwords? So everything's hackable, period, end of story, right? It, it's all human generated. At some point in time, things are, are hackable, yes. So with, I'll, with I'll Bitwarden... Say- I'll save Bitwarden. my comment for that for the end of the episode. <laughs> Go for it. So with, with Bitwarden, what I was saying is you can self-host it. Right? So you can put it on your own computer. So Bitwarden themselves are not in control of the vault or whatever they want to name it that stores all your information. Uh, LastPass stores it on their own infrastructure, but uh, they store it in an encrypted vault that they don't hold the keys to. Uh, so they can't access it. Uh, and that's so all third-party verified. You're you do, you're the one with the keys. So I'm the wizard. Your you're the wizard for your own vaults. Yes, you don't get a staff. You don't get a magical, you know, star uh, or anything like that. I'm sorry. And you Why don't not? get a raise. And you don't get a raise. No, I don't care but, about the uh, raise. I just want wiz. I mean, I'm almost <laughs> there with the beard, but I want wizard status. T- tell you what. Tell you what. Case. We'll we'll call you a wizard regardless. How about that? But uh, <laughs> as Corey says in the live chat here, password is key. That's the key. That what that's what lets you into the vault. That's what does all the decryption. And it's third-party audited with LastPass, so there's a third party that goes in and verifies that, yes, it is actually doing what they say, uh, which which helps some people sleep at night. Other people don't trust it either. And it depends on your level of paranoia with this stuff, right? Because you're 100% right. All of your passwords are now in one vault, in one local location. So, of course, if I'm looking to, to attack you, Pierre, and pay all your bills, I'm going to attack your uh, your password vault and try to get all your passwords. Right, of course it's like now you're, everything's at a vault, and they got this third yep. party. So you can't tell me that you can't reconfigure all all the stuff to make right. it look like you don't have access when they, but okay we're going down yeah. a rabbit hole sorry carry <laughs> yeah. on this is <laughs> the fun part about cybersecurity you can go down so many rabbit holes and it's all a matter of comfort right it's what you are comfortable with doing uh, that's why i like the the self-hosted option of uh, bitwarden or you could get to like keypass xe or, or something like that that's self-hosted um, and look after it yourself but then again, you have to have the uh, the technical wizardry. Uh, there you go, Pierre, to be and, able to do knowledge. that, and the knowledge yes, to be able to do <laughs> just that. Just in general, knowledge. Yeah. Uh, I like Chris's uh, in the live chat here. His solution: just a a piece of paper under the pillow. I was just yeah. thinking that, but then I was like, that works. just put a notebook in the safe. 
Yeah, that, the, these are all viable <laughs> options. Just oh, yeah. remember that you're keeping it away from people, right? So if somebody gains access to it, and it's no so, different than the electronic options that I that I offered there with like LastPass, Bitwarden, et cetera. It's all obtainable from a third party at some point in time. You just have to make sure that um, you keep it away from prying eyes. And that's kind of the trick. And that's all kind of based on your level of paranoia and your level of comfort with security. Right? So, and what works for you because not everything's going to work for everybody. It, uh, it all depends on what you, uh, what you want to do for your passwords. Now, if let's say somebody does gain access to your last pass vault or to Bitwarden or to that sheet of paper that you stuck under your bed that you think no one's ever going to see, they've got your password now. That sucks. Yep. But what you can do, and this isn't foolproof either. I know a couple of people are going to yell at me and say, oh, this isn't foolproof. I know it's not, but it's another option for you is a two factor authentication. So you're going to see a lot of providers now, probably within the last six months or, or so last year, they've really started to push it quite a bit. Uh, but you can start doing two factor authentication. I see Corey in the live chat here mentioning YubiKey. We're going to get there. Um, so two factor is you've got your password and you have something else that's unique to you as well. So, so let's like say that now, message? no, well, yes, but terrible idea. Uh, the, the, no, so, no, but I'm just saying, right? Yes, that's like yes, 90% yeah. of all the two yes. step verification, right? Like your bank will say like, okay, you can sign in, but then it's like, okay, well, we're going to text you a code. Yeah. So that is that two factor authentication lightly. Yes. A- but let's just spin that, um, social engineering scenario here. So I have broken into your uh, your account somehow, Pierre. I've got your password to your bank. I have yeah. called your cell phone service provider pretending to be your wife with a screaming baby in the background. They've given me access to your cell phone now and I've SIM swapped you. Now your bank sends the text message and says, hey, uh, I need that second piece of verification. We've sent you a text message uh, p- punching the code here to gain access. Well, I have now cloned your cell phone because the cell phone company thinks I'm your wife and the baby is crying and, oh my God, we're going to help you out real quick. I get that, that text message, which is sent in plain text. And now I can log into your bank and it doesn't take much at all to be able to do that if I've got both those pieces in place, right? Which somebody that knows yeah. how to do it can do it very effectively. Uh, yeah. Now, if we want to get a little bit more technical with it, you can get uh, two-factor authentication uh, applications on your phone. So those are doing a, a rolling, um, usually they're six-digit uh, codes, and every 30 seconds they recycle into a new set. Oh. And it's between, and it's a, it's an algorithm that happens with that application, and your service provider knows what the answer is going to be, but you need to have that application, and you need to have it open, and it's going to provide you that code every 30 seconds or every 60 seconds, depending, but it, normally it's, it's every 30 seconds. It refreshes, and that's a way more secure way of doing it. Is it foolproof? No, nothing is. I'll keep uh, saying that because someone's going to yell at me and say, oh, no, they're terrible. Yeah, so it's not foolproof. It still can be bypassed. There's ways to get around it, yes, but it's way more secure than that text message because you need to actually have those keys which are held on your device which keeps that cycle rolling, which keeps generating the, the numbers to get into your account. So it's, is it breakable? Yeah, of course it's still breakable, but it's way, 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 way harder to break. And it's so I actually have that for work where like we have, mm-hmm. I mean, certain parts of the company I work for, we need whatever. 
yep. where it'll either be I log into the computer and then I send a verification of my phone where I got to authenticate or I can skip that step and I need to open up my phone and get yep. a token of some sort, mm-hmm. right? Which is like eight digit code and it's only good for like, I think it's 60 seconds or whatever. So I got to yep. go to this weird spot and like type in those yep. while my phone has it open or whatever. So yep. like, yeah, okay. So I, I didn't know that was part of that. Yeah, that's part of two-factor. Okay, that's kind of so, cool. Well, so interesting. Again, go for it, Scott. You know, I was going to say with the simplified version where they're just sending you an unencrypted text message, usually six digits, I started getting some to my phone, and that set my heckles up because it was from an online payment service. And I'm like, oh, is someone trying to get into my account there? So I called the customer service, talked with them, figured out what was going on, erased my cards from the service so that even if they get in, there's no cards associated with it now. But it just got my heckles up. I have no idea if it was a spam coming and they're just trying to get me to click the link because they're phishing or if it's legit. But either way, paying attention to the two and talk to uh, actually phone their people. That's a good point. Yeah. It could be used as an early warning system as well. If they if they haven't gone as far as taking over your cell phone service and they are just blanket using um, credentials that have been harvested through data breaches or, or otherwise, um, it can be an early warning system for you to say, ooh, somebody's gotten to the point where they've punched my password in and authenticated there and they need a second piece to authenticate. And if they're not too serious about it and they hit that, they're just going to move on, right? But now they know that your password works and they'll try it on other accounts as well. But uh, yeah, if you if you start getting those, great plan on calling the provider and just saying, uh, what the heck's up? Because they, they will know if somebody's logged in in the last however many minutes. And if it's not you, they can take kind of steps to block them out as well. But uh, yeah, use it as an early warning for sure. If, if you're getting those messages, yeah, it kind of heckles up and... Pay attention to it because it's happening for a reason, but don't click any links within it because it could, like you said, it could be a phishing attack to you, right? So you shouldn't just reply back with like dirty words saying like, go, you know. <laughs> that's uh, that's your, your that's your own choice. Uh, okay. If you want to. Okay. I, I'd have, I wouldn't because that also confirms that that number is active and is owned by somebody, which is most yeah. likely you, right? Yeah, but I'm, so. I mean, okay, well. Which yeah. which then says, ooh, this account is this number is actually active. Okay, well maybe oh, yeah. now we'll try to sim swap it, right? So you just I mean, give you're, you're feeding the troll information is what you're doing, right? So I would I, mean, I wouldn't message back, even though in that moment it feels great to tell them to go, you know, pound salt. Yeah, it also verifies a, a lot of stuff. It. it it also, you know, it also tells them, them that the they've reached works. somebody and they have an active yeah exactly an active number and they're going to go further. So okay. now that we've got uh, two-factor authentication with an application going, let's uh, let's turn our, our minds to another device. Two-factor two as well, but it's not held on your phone. It's not a software package that you use. It's actually a physical device that you would hold in your hand. You could put on your keychain. Uh, a popular one is YubiKey, which Corey was uh, mentioning in the live chat. Uh, but it's a, it's a physical device. Operates kind of the same way where it's a unique uh, unique authenticator to you. You have to set each individual account up on it. But instead of it being accessible all the time on your, your phone or your computer or anything like that, said it's a physical device that you can hold in your hand when it's not being used, 
it's not connected to anything. It's not, uh, it's not susceptible to anybody grabbing the information off of it unless they're like super close to it. And uh, like I said, everything's hackable at some point in time or another, but it's a physical device where if you log in to say you set it up at your Facebook and you log in the Facebook and it says, Hey, I want to verify that uh, this is actually Jeff. Uh, you got to plug your YubiKey device in, or you have to bring it close enough to your cell phone that it can read it, authenticate that that is the device that you have used as your two factor. And then it will let you in. So if I've successfully got your password and it says, okay, cool, got your password. Um, we need your second authentication, which is your YubiKey, but please present it now to allow us to log you in. Oh, I don't, I don't have your YubiKey. You have it. It's on your keychain. Now what? Right. What? So it's, it's, it's a way better way of locking your accounts down because those, those uh, two factor authentication apps, they're on your device. Is your device hackable? Absolutely. So it's just another way of locking accounts down and with a physical device. So it has to be plugged into your, your computer's USB port. Or if you've got uh, one that's got uh, NFC on it, your phone can scan it. I see we freaked the heck out of Brad and he's out of here. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it will authenticate that you are... Or, at least you have that other piece of authentication. If someone's stolen it from you or something, it's not, you know, reading your fingerprint or reading, uh, you know, your, your retina or anything like that. It's just another thing that you need to have in order to log into your account. And it's even more secure than the other things that we've talked about. Uh, as far as tracking goes. So I think everybody's probably heard of VPN services by now. Uh, so virtual private networks, they are things that, um, so your internet, uh, you know, is unique to you. Your connection is your connection. Nobody else's. So if you connect to a virtual private network, it sets up an encrypted tunnel between you and that provider. And then all of your data is sent out from that provider. So if you go to Facebook, it looks like you're coming from wherever in the world you choose your, your VPN to, to spit you out. Uh, harder to track you, not impossible, but harder. Um, most VPN providers now have um, built-in blockers, uh, so they're going to try and help you block that stuff from happening in the first place. Uh, but it does also uh, break a few things here and there, so it's something you got to kind of tweak and balance security with. Do not use the free ones. <laughs> I know we all want to, you know, save a few bucks here and there, uh, but if you're not paying for it, again, you are the uh, you're the commodity, right? So they're going to be harvesting your data. And keep in mind that you're sending all your data through them. So don't trust all of them. There's tons of them out there. Some of them might simply be set up, again, to harvest your data, right? So keep that in mind. Um, always check for ones that are third-party audited. So there's a third party that has nothing to do with them that has come in, and they don't just come in once. They do it all, all the time. Um, there'll, there'll be set times, whether it's six months every year or whatever, but they audit the service and sign off and say that, yes, they are actually doing everything that they say they're doing as far as watching data go. Um, a couple of the good ones that you're going to see out there, NordVPN, Proton is one that's out in the uh, the news quite a bit. Uh, they're uh, they're pretty secure. They're third-party audited. Uh, you're not going to have any, any major issues with them. Uh, I know a few people are going to scream and jump up and down and say, yeah, Proton's evil. They handed data over to law enforcement. Uh, boo, Proton. Uh, yeah, there's a whole backstory to that that we're not going to get into here but um, if you want to know shoot me a message we can argue about that uh, another time but they are a, a secure uh, a secure system that uh, that works quite well um, 
But again, they're not a one and done solution. You're not going to hop on a virtual private server or a VPN, uh, a virtual private network and, um, and just have your entire world locked down. It's just one way of preventing that tracking, but it's not a, uh, it's not a one-stop solution. The, the cybersecurity is not a, a click a button and one solution fixes everything. I wish it was like that, but uh, there's all kinds of different yeah. things that you gotta gotta keep an eye on, and it changes constantly. Uh, we touched on firewalls, preventing your service provider from knowing what devices are connected all the time, but also it's going to help prevent those random attacks because there's automated attacks that are happening all the time uh, against different uh, devices that are connected to the internet. Uh, so having a good firewall set up is a great idea. A couple of uh, suggestions you can look at. Firewalla is a great one. Uh, Ubiquity uh, Security Gateway uh, for the more tech-savvy folks out there. Uh, PF Sense, fantastic uh, firewall, uh, but takes some uh, some nerd wizardry to get set up. Uh, but uh, Firewalla and the uh, Ubiquity uh, Security Gateway are, are fairly simple. Uh, PF Sense takes a lot of tweaking, but it is a, a fantastic uh, firewall you could be uh, utilizing. Uh, talked about browsers and uh, tracking and watching where you're going. Uh, Chrome, Edge, Opera, they're all watching you. Uh, so you're going to want to look at a browser that's going to help you with tracking. Uh, Firefox is security or privacy minded, uh, but there's ways to make it better. So you can get some plugins, uh, HTTPS only, for example, uh, uBlock Origin, which is going to take care of your ads, your pop-ups, like coin miners. Uh, multi-account containers. So what that does is you log into Facebook in one container, it's compartmentalized, it doesn't talk to anything else. You log into Instagram, it's compartmentalized, it doesn't talk to anything else, etc. So it kind of helps stop that aggregation of everything you're using uh, and splits it all into, so all that they see is just Facebook and nothing else. Um, cookie auto-delete. So uh, it's a plugin that just, as soon as the cookies hit the computer, it deletes them, so it helps stop the tracking there. And uh, local CDN, so uh, local content uh, distribution network, so stops your data from leaking through those. So a couple of plugins to look at. Uh, the Brave web browser, I know there's some controversy there about whether or not they are doing exactly what they say they're doing, but uh, it's an option for you as well. But it does tend to break some sites. So you kind of, you got, it's, it's a fine balance that you have to look at as far as what, am I willing to not do anymore? And what am I willing to kind of give up for privacy? Because some sites will simply just stop working if you turn off JavaScript, for example. So you gotta, you gotta balance that. It's a, it's a balancing act, unfortunately, but it's the way cybersecurity is. Um, plain text messaging. We touched on that. Some options you can move to instead of uh, just texting um, because text messaging is from like the 90s and it hasn't really changed much. So it's it's pretty easy to, to sniff out and capture. Uh, Signal, great uh, two-way encrypted application. I've and never heard uh, of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm pretty sure I got a message from you on Signal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Telegram as well. Three or 400 of them, yeah. yeah um, probably. Telegram's another one, which, uh, again, we can kind of argue about the uh, the authenticity of their encryption because it's, uh, it's a Russian thing and it's, there's some weird encryption going on with it, but uh, it is, uh, it's one that can be used. Uh, keep in mind, if you are um, subject to some kind of um, Trojan or uh, ransomware or something like that, a lot of them are going to try to gain access to, access to things like your web camera. 
So some kind of physical barrier. A lot of laptops have it built in now where you can just put that little slider across your camera when you're not using it. Um, yeah. You can buy physical barriers or even put a sticker over it or something. Because when they flip yeah. it on, they're able to make it so that that little light doesn't come on to say, hey, your camera's being used, but they're still watching you. And there's all kinds of different ways to do that if somebody does gain physical access to your computer. So always having that flipped down when you're not using it. Great it, idea. Either either that or keep it really fucking weird so that they never want to turn it back on. <laughs> this is true too. Yes. That this, you can set up some kind of a weird scenario or scene and every time they flip it on, they're like, oh, never, uh, never unseeing that. And they just go on to the next target. Now I got Isn't a story that, about something like that after this. Okay. <laughs> for, the, uh, for the after show, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's one that people don't think of very often. Everybody uses, uh, you know, the big mail providers, right? Uh, Google for one of them. And everybody thinks that uh, their, their email secure and it's, you know, nobody who's looking at my email, right? Besides me, all the big providers are scanning it and they're scanning it for information. They're scanning it for who you're talking to. They're scanning it for what you're talking about. And then they're using that to sell you ads usually, but they're also putting it back into that profile, right? So a couple of options you can look at um, for secure mail providers, again, ProtonMail um, or uh, Tutanota are two, uh, two good um, third-party audited services. Yes, you pay for them. They do cost you a, a yearly fee, but they're secure and they're not being scanned. Now, ProtonMail, for example, has the ability to transfer all of your Gmail accounts or, or other provider over to them. But then you'll find a lot of people just say, hey, um, I'm going to see Corey mentioning in the in the live chat here that Proton is free. Uh, it is free, but there's paid versions if you want to get fancy with uh, with some stuff and get some more storage and their VPN and all that. But yes, um, you can get their email uh, service for free as well. Um, is that free service trans- not traced or not yep, followed, it, I guess I should say? Is it's not followed. And it's, th- and it's third-party audited as well. So uh, they, they, they make their money off the people that sign up for the, uh, the more... Um, extensive services and it's not ridiculous after but, uh, tonight thank you everybody that pays yeah. for proton because i'm not going <laughs> to fucking pay for it but i'm going to yeah. use it and, and Corey's right in the live chat here the custom domain awesome now that's something that you have to pay for but then you can take your whatever your name at whatever.com set your email up and run it through uh run it through proton so for example with rapid survival I run all of the rapid survival email through Proton. So it's all encrypted and then encrypted. If you email me from a Proton uh, account with an order or whatever, it's all encrypted. Nobody else is seeing it but you and me. Uh, it's fantastic. And it's for what it is, it's not, uh, it's not expensive at all. So it's, it's worth the money. I think it was around 200 bucks for two years, like 100 bucks a year for the service. And that was the email. That was the VPN. That was um, their drive. That's everything. So it was... Um, it's, it's well worth it if you're if you're privacy minded. Uh, so those are a couple of things you can look at. Uh, but let's uh, let's spin it back into preparedness. So sure, yeah, privacy is a thing that affects us all. But specifically, how is it a thing that we need to worry about in the preparedness world? We're all online. Everybody's watching this podcast right now or listening to it later on in audio format, right? Uh, we're all making purchases, uh, hopefully rapid survival, but uh, I'm not tracking you, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, we're, we're making those purchases, whether they're preparedness minded or not, you know, whatever we're buying uh, is, is being tracked. 
you're most likely everyone's going to say, oh yeah, I don't want to be on that list. Chances are you're already on a list, right? You're, it is what it is, but you want to lessen your exposure to where else that profile of you is being built. Um, your data is important, right? If, uh, if you're hacked and say a, a shit hit the fan scenario all of a sudden happens, uh, someone somewhere knows what you have, what you've bought, where you are, where you live, where you work, when you're at work, when you're at home, right? It's, it's just a big pile of, uh Oh, all of a sudden, if a major event happens and this data is available, uh, and then let's spit it in the cybersecurity that's not targeted at you. Uh, let's say um, the electric grid. All of a sudden, a, a state sponsor, and let's touch on state sponsor, government, that's a government-sponsored um, uh, section or unit or whatever you want to call it that is specific to hacking and specific to cyber attacks on other nation states. So it's not specifically aimed at the United States. It could be... Um, a military uh, unit on another uh, country that is sponsored by that country to attack another country. Um, so that's your state sponsored attacker. And maybe they're attacking the infrastructure of hydro or they're attacking the infrastructure of gas distribution or they're attacking I was, I was uh, gonna say, yeah, the, hospitals, the, right? The, the colonial gas pipeline there, what about a year or a yeah. year and a half ago? Yeah, something like that. And all of a sudden now the power's out because some hacker in some other state somewhere uh, has broken in and taken the grid down. All of a sudden now we have a scenario we have to deal with, right? So it's not always cybersecurity targeted at you. That could be the preparedness reason. It could be the one that's targeted at the infrastructure around you that causes it to go down, that causes you to go into that uh, that prepper mode and uh, and start getting into your preparedness stuff and putting your plans in place because a nation state sponsored hackers taking down the gas or taking down the hydro or shut the water plant down in your town or city. Yeah, but just tell the infrastructure to use Signal or Telegram, and then this would have never fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Escada devices. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I had something there. Yeah, well, they, they could use that for chatting back and forth, but uh, as far as the actual, uh, you know, oh, infrastructure okay. goes, yeah, we're talking about different systems here. But okay. again, that's. That's kind of why we wanted to, to look at it at a preparedness point of view is just how it can impact you personally, but how it can impact you as well uh, in the preparedness side of things and how it can, it can really just all of a sudden you've got that huge profile built on you. People know, or, or that a company knows about you. They know all your habits and everything, or somebody gets that information from them and they're not supposed to have it, but now they have it. There's all this info about you now that uh, has been collected over years and years and years. So it's, uh, does everybody still think that you have nothing to hide? I will keep those comments till we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Darius in the, in the live chat has a great point. Um, LinkedIn accounts, easy, easy target for finding people or finding who all works at an organization. And now we were getting into like open source intelligence work and that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, hundred percent that spells out everything about you, right? 
in terms of the preparedness aspect of it, one of the things that I wanted to touch on is doing your own physical backups. Uh, if you get caught up in one of these uh, encry encryption algorithms that locks up your computer, you know, paying some Russian in Bitcoin may or may not get your data unlocked. Who knows? If you have no, a physical won't. backup, um, so you know, thinking about that, having a physical backup that's disconnected. So you, you know, it's uh, use a one of the automated ones where it's separate from the computer, or even taken right unplugged and you put it in your box and something happens at least the pictures of your your kids when they were young are safe uh, so that's something that i really think about sort of having multiple uh multiple copies um cory uh cory in the live chat has actually a really good scenario um school district gets breached and your kids information is used for identity theft that nobody catches for 10 years until all of a sudden your kid tries to rent an apartment or get their, uh, you know, buy their first car or make any kind of major purchase where a, uh, a credit check is required and their credit is just decimated. Well, now what? That's a really good point, Corey. Go after the government. Sorry. <laughs> That's Sorry. Monday. Monday. It's a Sunday Sorry. year. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah. That's, but yeah. No. Uh, using the uh, you know automated systems, I look at the kid locks that we have mm -hmm. on some of our cabinets, and the ones that work automatically lock, and the ones that you have to put the lock on, half the time they're not locked. And so, extending that to these automatic backup systems, yeah, use an automatic backup from your computer so that all this stuff is secured, and check the backups. A friend of mine works in IT, part of my mag, works in IT, and you know, one of the, the client's computers crashed, and he went to look at the backups, and even though the system says, oh, yes, it was backed up at 2 p.m., he went into the, the file system, and the latest, or the, the newest version he found was from 2019. Mm. So to the podcast mm. where we always talk about checking your equipment, knowing <laughs> that it works... It's great that you think you're backing up, but if you, you know, go go to the effort, making sure that it's actually a usable backup, yep. because yeah, something happens, your computer gets encrypted by criminals, you have a way of fixing the problem. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's all about worrying about your data that is in your control that you can back up and control but also the data that's not in your control that's being tracked and aggregated about you all the time when you're online. There's there's two different sides of cybersecurity. There's so many rabbit holes we can go down on this stuff. Uh, again, we've only like, scraped like the very tip of the iceberg. There's like, so I, much I gotta go get my about. bottle of whiskey before we keep going down more <laughs> rabbit holes here. Like, I gotta yeah, start writing notes down. Like it's <laughs> And I could talk about this stuff at nauseum for hours on end and we could go down some really really fun rabbit holes and let me go get my whiskey and we'll carry this on after like i'm down here i'm just saying right 
I, I say at the hour 40 minute mark, we, uh, we save it for another episode. And, uh, yeah. but, uh, I, I am happy to nerd out about this stuff with anybody who wants, uh, there is a cyber section set up on the, uh, the discord server. So if anybody wants to talk, uh, talk about this stuff there, we've got a channel specifically set up for it. I'm happy to, to help out, uh, run any scenarios by with you and kind of get things set up to help, uh, help get you a little bit more aware of what's going on or how to, uh, how to prevent some of the tracking going on that is I, going I on. I have more questions than I have ever thought I would have questions <laughs> about internet. Scary, so isn't I, it? So I stand by my statement that I put in these <laughs> notes, right? We need to go back to flip phones. Mm -hmm. um, knowing where the kids are by the amount of kid bikes in the front yard. Um, we need to go back to kids coming home when the lights come on. Um, yep. Using pigeons as carriers and from the sounds of it paying for fucking cash for a lot of stuff so you can do your regular groceries on your debit card but if you want to buy an extra hundred dollars worth of supplies i vote you pay cash for that and leave the cell phone at home when you do that uh, no so it doesn't matter you could, most places will cell phone make, still knows you're you at the grocery store Yes, but if you do that grocery store purchase at the same time that you do your regular groceries. Ah, I see right? what so, you mean. Uh, so Split the put bill. this through. So I want to pay right. okay. I want to pay this cash separately, right? Gotcha. But if you're going to show gotcha. up two days later, that's a whole different ballgame. But if you're just going to split up your bill and say, I want to pay for this cash and I want to pay this debit, pay cash first. So then you put it all in your cart and then that debit transaction doesn't have a three-minute interval or five minute interval between you walking away, you know, I mean, now we're getting, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's tighten yeah. the tinfoil hat here a little bit. So <laughs> you've made that first purchase on yeah. your debit card. No nope, second cash. purchase. No. Okay. Well, whatever, whichever way you want to do it, cash or debit, I don't okay. care what order it's in, but you've made one purchase on your debit card. You've then split your second order and you've paid for it cash, whatever order. It doesn't matter. What is in all the grocery stores that's watching you all the time? cameras what are they weird connected people. to oh, internet weird people i still stand by weird people <laughs> <laughs> just something else to think about right is yeah, no but there's I all mean, kinds of surveillance happening all the time but like you're gonna get away from now, it how, that was how tight you want to put the tinfoil hat on is up to you but okay we're not doing that online <laughs> 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 we're not but yeah so paying cash flip phones and like you know being able to tell where the kids are and like whatever by like the amount of bites in the front yard. I see that we have now successfully freaked out Brad and Scott. Yes. So. I see that. <laughs> the, so. the panel is slowly dropping off. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be here all night. It's scary. Yeah. So it's just like I said, I've just scraped the tip of the iceberg. Just wanted to get people's minds kind of thinking about what's happening underneath the hood that you're not always thinking about and how it can impact uh, your preparedness and how you're going about it and what could, uh, what could come and what could, you know, what could happen with all that aggregated data. Um, again, check out the discord. We can chat about it more. Lots and lots of smart people in there as well that are very tech minded. Uh, I'm sure it's going to stir up a good discussion here after uh, this episode goes out on, uh, on the audio. Um, there's probably already some messages going on now with the video version here on the live stream, but um, yeah, let's get the conversation going in, uh, 
in the Discord. And uh, if, if there's some of you out there that haven't uh, jumped on it yet, I just put the link in the show notes here. Uh, so it's in the live chat and I'll put it out on the audio uh, show notes as well so people can get, and get in and uh, we can get talking about it. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of rabbit holes that we can go down with this. And it's uh, it's a, it's an always evolving kind of uh, landscape. So it's I'm sure we'll do a couple more episodes on this as uh, as time goes on. But uh, should we move into uh, the podcast challenge? I think I've sufficiently scared everybody for this evening. Appropriate being Halloween tomorrow. You've made more questions than anything about me being scared. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, replace scared with I've generated more questions. And I'm sure a lot of people are now wondering what's in their browser history. So the podcast (laughs) challenge for you, Pierre. (laughs) <laughs> is to review your cyber footprint and see if there are some improvements or lots of improvements you can make to your security and backups to protect yourself. Well, I, I need references here. Like, what kind of videos are you guys looking up? Oh, sorry. No, that's no, a different no, kind no, of footprint. No, no. <laughs> nope, not going there. <laughs> nope, <laughs> don't yeah, think don't yeah. think that's not Watch 2, though. Oh, Ooh. yeah. No, that's so yeah. weird. Yep, yep. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Weird so uh, for for upcoming events, we got nothing on the list. So it's uh, it's that time of year where uh, we don't have a lot to uh, to advertise for upcoming events, unfortunately. But uh, we do have a weather blurb from Jeff. So uh, most things are fairly calm right now over most of the U.S. and Canada. Um, BC has uh, another atmospheric river. Uh, rain event going on, uh, the same thing that caused the huge floods they had last year, uh, which will likely bring between 50 to 100 millimeters of rain. It will cause localized flooding, uh, but at this point, any uh, large-scale flooding is not forecast. Um, BC's been in quite a bit of a drought. They desperately need the rain. Of course, when you're in a drought, it's better to get longer, lighter rain than a, a big dump at once, but Um, I think at this point, by the sounds of it, they should avoid the worst of it. Um, I did put a, throw a little link in there if anybody wants to check out about an atmospheric river. Uh, I'm not seeing anything uh, popping up uh, huge in the next week or so. But just to keep in the the back of your mind, this is the time of year when fog becomes an issue early in the mornings if you're going to work or you're coming back home late at night. you know, just be aware that the chances are you're, you may run into fog and that leads into a whole bunch of other issues. So, uh, as usual, don't be scared, be prepared. All right. So deal of the week. So if I have sufficiently uh, generated more questions than, uh, answers or scared anybody, um, Incogni is a company that you could look at for cleaning up what those data brokers have on you. So there is a a coupon code of NORD30, that's N-O-R-D-3-0, gives you 30% off. And Incogni is I-N-C-O-G-N-I.com. So it works out to be about 64 bucks Canadian uh, for the year. And what they do is they go through and they take uh, your information, so like your your email address. And if you do choose to use them, use an email address that you've used for years online, then that would be across all of your accounts. Uh, so you give them your email address, your name, uh, and some other little bits of information. And then they take that 
and they send out requests to all the data brokers that are known on their list and say, under the following law, we request that you take the data off or out of your network or out of your um, database. And uh, various countries throughout the world have laws that require these data brokers to actually remove your information upon request. So instead of you manually doing it, they do it for you. Um, they do it to when I, I signed up for them a month or two ago, and they're at about 82 data brokers uh, that they're doing, and they constantly scan and they constantly send the request. So it's a ro- rotating door where they're always asking for it to be removed, and they're always asking for them to take it down. And like I said, majority of the data brokers are legally obligated to do that as soon as they receive a request. And then they will send back confirmation that they've removed your information. And then uh, Incogni reports back to you that the following brokers have removed it. The following brokers had nothing on you, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think it's 64 bucks well spent. Saves me from having to do it. And uh, it's something that uh, if I have significantly freaked you out this evening, check it out. And I'll put it in the show notes so that you can uh, check it out uh, with a quick link. Uh, shout outs we've got a uh, quick shout out to uh, a new patreon john so you signed up uh one dollar level for us so appreciate your support it uh, does help keep the podcast going so thank you very much to john for uh being a patreon for us anybody else with shout outs um i've just got a quick one um sure the denny butchler on facebook comments Here's one for all. So if you use your Kroger's card, so that's obviously American or whatever, but I mean, like your optimums, PC points, air miles, anything yep. like that. So even if you want to split your check and pay cash, um, don't redeem points because normally that all goes on a database, which you're just trying to avoid going through your debit card yep. and going through your points card. So that is a very good point. Great call. Yep. If you want to, you know, whatever cards you use, like, hey, you're paying cash for this. Do you want to use a card? No, right. That that's actually a very good point. Yeah, because a yeah. lot of people will be like, "Oh, give me you know that dollar fifty savings or whatever." But if you're trying to avoid, you're right back on the list, then. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right. You're you're just on a different list, but it'll all yep. get associated to you at some point. So yeah, that exactly. is exactly. It's a great point, Denny. Great point. Yeah, that's nah, that's good. Yep. All right. So email iTunes reviews. We got a couple of uh, reviews from iTunes. Yes. So great show as usual. Ask Alan or Ian, whoever it is today, about the three words thing for search and rescue. What was the app name of it? Enjoy the subject matter on the podcast. Jeff in New Mexico. New Mexico, sorry. Um, so the app is actually called What Three Words? Um, and yeah, it gives you, we were discussing this before. What is it? A 10 by 10? A three meter square. Three meter square. So three meter by three meter square um, everywhere around the world. Um, yep. The only time it's a disadvantage, I guess you could say, is if you're on in a building on the 15th floor. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. As long as you have cell signal, what three words is the name of the app. And it works across the world. If you call 911, search and rescue, whatever it is, what three words, and you say those three words, Everybody knows what to look for, and it gives them a very, very close yep. proximity, like pretty much three by three meter square of where you are. Um, I have it downloaded. As long as you have cell reception, it works. I think it's a fantastic app. Well worth it, in yep. my opinion. 
And uh, Brad had mentioned too in the uh, before show chat, and we we're just bantering back and forth. Um, if you're going somewhere and you don't have cell service, look up the square on the app ahead of time and write yeah. the three words down somewhere that you have access to and just post them up if you're at a hunt camp in the cabin or if you're going somewhere that's got somewhere you can put them up. Just put them up and then you've got access to it if if you have a way of reaching out and getting help to mention yeah. those three words and get that out to the uh, emergency responders that are coming. And yeah. it's a great app. It's saved countless lives already. I'm sure it'll save more in the future. But uh, yeah, what sure. three words is what you're looking for. Yeah, because that, that app is free compared to a bunch of other apps that you, it is a pay purchase like uh, the spot or whatever, which can be a little pricey considering you might never be out of cell, cell phone reception or you use it once every two years. So this is a nice alternative for, you know, the, peop the people that don't go yep. crazy, crazy in the weekends. So yep. yeah, it's good. And uh, we've also got another one here. Uh, he's uh, says about the hunting episode. Hey, I really enjoyed the hunting episode. I live in Newfoundland, so there's great hunting here year round. But if you're looking for a good hunting knife, check out KN Knives. The guy's name is Kyle Noseworthy, and in my opinion, he makes the best handcraft knives you can find anywhere. Uh, that comes from Pat nine five two six. Awesome. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't. Uh, I don't know anything about hunting knives. Um, I'm sure somebody else on the panel or in the live chat would know, but um, I have no uh, absolutely no reason to dispute Pat's uh, connotation that that this guy is probably uh, a good one to go to. So, I'll, I'll give the knife a try. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nothing yeah, wrong with uh, that. I get another knife to the collection. Nope. Hey, guess what? <laughs> I will gladly pay cash and not use my discount card so it can't be tracked. <laughs> and then leave your phone at home. Yeah, and I'm learning. I'm going to go use a pay phone in town. <laughs> Call this guy. <laughs> if they still exist. I was going to say, if you can find I, a pay phone, good luck. Nope. There's a pay phone out here. I'll, I'll, yeah, there's a pay phone out where I live, buddy. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I will bring episode number 182 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Take a second to submit a review. It does help other people find us along with the tracking algorithms and all that fun stuff happening behind the scenes. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. Uh, that gives you an alert when we are going live. Uh, how many people are going to get subscribing? Just... Pardon? <laughs> Sorry. So I don't know how many people are going to get to subscribe now that we've talked about all the behind-the-scenes tracking that's going on. Okay, so just, <laughs> just for clarification, <laughs> there's 790 yeah. at the time of the end of the episode. We'll see what it is next week and see how many <laughs> <Yeah>. other subscribers. <laughs> Uh, you can contact me at feedback at prepper, prepperpodcast.ca unless we're going to block that email as well. Uh, or I am uh, frequently on the Discord. Where can everybody get you, Greg? Uh, you can get me on the Discord app as well or at crossrifleranch.com or you can hit me up on my Instagram at long underscore shot 300. And Pierre. 
Um, off the wall customizing at gmail.com. Uh, Tickety talk, probably some other social medias. I am on the Discord from time to time, not crazy often, unfortunately, or on the other CPP, uh, which we normally record on Monday night, which we go on more government rants about waste and worse tracking than you would think. Or maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> potato potato (laughs) (laughs) all right so please check out rapid survival rapidsurvival.com you can get me there on the live chat assuming you've left your internet connected after this evening's episode Uh, you can email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca thanks for joining us this evening until next time be prepared stay safe and keep learning